Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. In my household, I'm Clark W. Griswold, really, for the holidays. I, I have a T-shirt that I put on, right? Because I'm all about, you know, I want things to be perfect. And I want it to be decorated. And I just, like, I'm a little bit like that. So I've kind of embraced the Clark W. role there from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Well done. I think that is the old picture of Chris looking like Roger Goodell's evil twin. <laughs> You're right. Fully lit. Yep. It's, my cl- it's the classic right there. All right. Hey, there you are. It's Uncle Eddie. The shitter's uh, full. Look at you. You're, you're see, at, yeah, way to go, see, man. See, <laughs> you put that picture up there, and how do you expect Chris or me to not use the line? And that may be why we weren't on Sky last night. I've gotten multiple emails that they didn't put us on Sky last night. They put some old game on instead. Maybe it's because of our language. I don't know. One person said they were canceling their subscription to Sky because our show wasn't on. And I said, I'm impressed that you actually think, number one, I've got that kind of power to decide whether or not we're on. And number two, that I care whether you cancel your subscription to Sky. What I don't care. It's I, We're not Sky. It's a nice gesture, though. put our show on. Well, maybe he's trying to say he well, deserved to be on and he's getting off of Sky because they're not putting us on because we deserve. Maybe that was a nice compliment. I think he's huffing and puffing. I think okay. he's huffing and puffing. I All mean, right. and, and I, we're in no position to blow anyone's house down. If they don't put our show on, they don't put our show on. I mean, we have absolutely no control over that. We give them two hours. If they want to use it, they can use it. And I checked today's listings. It looks like we're back. So maybe we're just suspended for one all right uh, uh, come on get it straight uncle eddie get sky sports good to go here come on come on uncle eddie you can do it (laughs) all right uh george pickens it has been a strange year for him and it's been a strange year for mike tomlin and his prior because it's not working now he had that that golden touch yeah where he could keep players who might be getting frustrated might be getting upset from showing any signs of it publicly, keep it all in-house. We've already been over that with the Titans game on the Thursday night, the frustration during, immediately after, the next day. Whoa, Mike Tomlin, 
that stuff usually doesn't happen. So what we saw on Saturday was Pickens near the goal line against the Colts, not blocking, not trying. And this is a guy who prides himself on putting people on their ass. He told Kevin Clark when Clark was with the ringer during the offseason that when the ball doesn't come his way, he's going to go out there and put somebody on their ass. He's going to play angry because, number one, he's frustrated he's not getting the ball. Number two, it attracts positive attention to him. This is not positive attention. He's not even trying to throw the block there. Now, he said yesterday, I was just trying to prevent a Tank Dell situation. The same thing that happened to him. I don't want to get an injury. When you stay on the block too low, you can get ran up on very easily. And you see at the end, he had to jump over the guy who was rolling in. But you know what? If he had just if he had just blocked the guy in front of him and driven him out of the end zone, he wouldn't have been standing when that guy came over. So I reject the explanation. The bottom line is, he's upset. He possibly, if not probably, doesn't want to be in Pittsburgh anymore. It's just a bad vibe right now for the entire team. And Pickens, I think, is the most obvious symptom of a deeper disease with the Steelers yeah, that's right. that needs to be eradicated after the season. Yeah, they, uh, listen, they dodged a bullet. They still scored a touchdown, right? But, like, let's remember in the situation, they scored a touchdown and, like, we weren't sure at first because he fumbled and the Colts recovered it, but then they realized, uh, yeah, it was Trubisky, right? Crossed the goal line after the review and there was no fumble. But, that, I mean, that's how close you are. You don't block a guy. He gets tackled at the one-yard line. You know, you make those type of mistakes. Yeah, you could come away with no points could dictate the game there I know that wasn't the case there in that scenario but I think like you know what you're saying is the real point there I mean you know this is this is something we haven't seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they do under Mike Tomlin now like yeah it's odd and it's odd I think when you couple it together with the way they've looked on the field the last three weeks especially and it doesn't seem like they've played with the same energy and physicality that we're accustomed to seeing a Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh team play with you know, I think there's that but yeah these two damn young receivers from the new school yeah, they're they're not you know buying into the Mike Tomlin way right now the old school guys are you know, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, it's still pedal to the metal. We're bringing it. But you're just seeing that the message isn't getting through to some of these new school younger guys. And it doesn't look good. It doesn't set a good example. And, yeah, it certainly makes you question the whole thing there in Pittsburgh right now a little bit. Pickens dismissed his critics for that lack of effort as guys who ain't never played a game, they're just media guys. Well, George, and I, I, I'm, I'm the – outgoing president of the George Pickens fan club. I got a George Pickens jersey downstairs. I mean, you compare him to Randy Moss the day before. a few times, which is well, crazy, see, but you still have I done see, it. <laughs> well, well, I see the potential there. I hear you. Number one, if they yeah. would get the guy the freaking ball. And number two, you know, the one thing he has in common with Moss, I play when I want to play. He's showing the wrong Randy Moss tendencies in not exhibiting any effort when it's time to block, especially given his history and his ability and the fact that he used to take pride in putting guys on their ass. So, look, I think the talent's still there. It's just gone sideways. It's gone haywire with him and the Steelers. And it's not just media that's pointing it out. Anyone with eyes who understands anything about the game watches that play and says, you know, it's no different than when Deontay Johnson was standing around when the ball's bouncing exactly down right. his feet. Right. He's, up, he's upset about the prior play. Right. Or or like his actions on the sidelines, right, during the game after they scored a touchdown. What game was that? I mean, let I That was a Titans game. Right, right. So like I understand, you know, a little bit like, you know, the you're scared of people rolling up on your legs. 
There's ways to still block and kind of keep your feet off the ground and be ready for that, for sure. But, yeah, that was a total disregard for trying to block anything. I mean, that that's where it's kind of inexplicable. We understand. He's, he, he's a receiver. They're not expecting him to blow anybody down and knock him down and dominate him. He's not. But would they like him just to be, you know, body presence on a fo- on a guy? Absolutely. And that's where it's disappointing. And it's different than the Tank Dell injury, too. Tank Dell, if, if we got that clip, which I think we do, right, that was in the scrum. That was like him in the box of the front seven and dealing with, like, middle linebackers. Look, Tank Dell's in between the hashes right there. The running back runs him over. His leg gets stuck, you see, right there. But, you know, it's a little different than the guy on the edge there. And, you, you know, you can't totally see ta- – well, there you see it more of a Tank Dell because Nico Collins was blocking him there. But, yeah, I mean, this is a guy we know that can block. He's physically dominated people before. And, uh, yeah, this is the Titans game, right? We had frustration in the Patriots game, uh, I believe. And we Do we have the B-roll of that on the sidelines? I mean, there's just too many things right now between him and Deontay Johnson where you just want to be like, guys, it's it ain't going to happen. Things aren't going to change. So deal with what it is right now. And be a professional and just keep playing hard. Yeah, it's not going to change into, you know, the one of the greatest shows on turf. It's not going to happen. So you got to be a professional and gut it out and work your way through this the rest of the year. Mason Rudolph will take over at quarterback this weekend when the Steelers host the Bengals. That's on NBC. Coverage starts at 3 o'clock Eastern on Saturday. And that's a reason, one of many reasons, to tune in. Will George Pickens change will he play differently will he play hard or will there be these periodic lapses and they're becoming more frequent than periodic and you know he can try to brush off the criticism as saying it's just media guys who have never played the game but his head coach himself Mike Tomlin said there's obviously quote obviously room for improvement when it comes to George Pickens overall effort Um, and and he can say whatever he wants and again I'm a huge George Pickens guy and maybe he's justified in being frustrated maybe it's a culmination of a season where yeah, and we've said this. They don't scheme the offense to get the ball in his hands. What the hell are they thinking? This guy's a great talent. They're not getting the ball in his hands. What did Bill Belichick say after they beat the Steelers a couple of weeks ago? Our goal was to take away T.J. Watt and George Pickens. Bill Belichick knows what he can do. It feels like the Steelers are the, the, the one team in the NFL that doesn't know what he can do. And with or without a new coach, I have to wonder whether there's going to be a new start next year for George Pickens. He becomes the next Chase Claypool who has done nothing since the Steelers traded him. He had that great rookie year, so-so second year, fallen off the map. Antonio Brown, when things went finally haywire for him, fell off the map. And, and so we'll, we'll see. And there's bigger issues, I think, with the Steelers and Tomlin that, that will unfold depending on how the season plays out. They can still make the playoffs, and all this could be forgotten. But, boy, they better turn Let's it around. Hope Let's hope they don't. Let's hope they don't. You or it's, know it's, me. Well, it's and the I time of the year I want the best the seven in. I don't want to see them. They're not one of the best seven. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, then the conversation we're going to be having after the dust settles on the regular season is, would the Steelers dare initiate a change? Or is Tomlin the one who's going to say, I think it's time to move on? And the wild card is, will the commanders call? Will another team call and say, that, get you get the impression yeah. things maybe aren't where they need to right. be between right. you and Mike Tomlin. Yeah. What would it take to to get him now, acknowledging that he's got one more year before he becomes a free agent? And I was telling somebody this recently. Coaches never become free agents voluntarily. They never say, 
I got one year left on my contract. I'm finishing it out, and then I'm going to go wherever I want to go. It never happens. It's never strategic like we see with players. And there's no salary cap. Yeah. There's no franchise tag. I feel like it's part of the – it's like fear because they understand there's collusion. And if you, if you try to do that, maybe the other owners won't take kindly to it because they don't want to cross that bridge into full-blown coaching free agency. But that's what Tomlin could do. Yeah. He could say, yeah. I'm staying one more year, and then I'm going wherever I want to go. And I think that, that he would clearly have suitors. If he does that, I don't even think it's close. You know, I I, I know I, I brought up Washington a few weeks ago. That to me would be a place where if I'm Washington and you're looking to change the culture, right? Mike Tomlin would be at the top of my list right there. Hey, we need a guy that's coming, you know, to come in here. He's been there. He's done that. He knows what it takes to be successful and he can get all the troops in line. Everybody front office, locker room, training staff, weight room, all of it. So that's where I would get that. I could see the Steelers maybe being, hey, you know, over the Mike Tomlin era. I could also sit here and go, I could see Mike Tomlin being over the Steelers. I definitely can. You know, we could talk about Mike Tomlin and all you want, but if you really want to unpack it, right, I think a lot of the problems with the Steelers, we know the offensive coordinator is an issue, and then we can blame that on Mike Tomlin. We can go through the laundry list, though, of other things where I go, that ain't Mike Tomlin's problem. Somebody else caused that problem for Mike Tomlin, and we put that on him. Quarterback situation, I don't. he ain't the GM. Okay, so there you go. They drafted a quarterback that it's after year two and they're already talking about what are we going to do at quarterback. Okay, there you go. Najee Harris, first-round running back. Oh, Tomlin's not making the pick. I mean, he's, a, he's a good second running back. Offensive line issues for what, five years in a row now? Mike Tomlin ain't the GM. Aging front seven, Cam Hayward at the end. Miss on Devin Bush at middle linebacker, right? So there ain't, like, it's T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick on defense. After, and, uh, and Alex Highsmith, I'll give him that. After that, it ain't nobody worth writing home about. So, like, for people to think that the Steelers should be, oh, if their offense was better and they had a better offensive coordinator, they'd be sitting here at, you know, 12-2 and two or something. They're insane. There is issues with this roster that Tomlin's coaching and culture have overcome that. So that's where I would go for people to all sit here and blame it on Mike Tomlin. You know, there's some things to blame on him, but there's a lot more to blame on others in that organization not named Mike Tomlin. And as I've said, as it relates to some of the former Steelers minority owners who go elsewhere and are not great owners because they're too involved, whether it's Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland Former Steelers owner buys a team. David Tepper in Carolina, former Steelers owner, buys a team. I, I think they're they're involved because Art Rooney is kind of low key, very involved, making decisions. Doesn't doesn't attract the spotlight. Doesn't want the spotlight. And because the team is competitive more often than not, nobody ever says, "Why is the owner involved in this?" Plus, he's got a lifetime in football. It's family business. So we don't question it the same way that we do somebody who makes billions elsewhere and buys a team and all of a sudden thinks he's a football expert like David Tepper does. But I'll say this. Ed Bouchette, who covered the team for years, said a couple of weeks ago that it was Rooney that ordered Tomlin to fire Mike Canada. Now, look, everybody thought Canada should go, but that's the kind of thing that, that has got to make Tomlin, in his 50s now, say, I don't want to be micromanaged like that. I'm too old for this crap. It's one thing to tell me after the 2011 season, when I want to bring Bruce Arians back, he's too close to Ben Roethlisberger. We're not offering him a contract. 
we're bringing in Todd Haley to run the offense, and that's our call, not yours. 2011, fine. 2024, not fine. And 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 I think that it just feels like it's moving toward a divorce. And to your point, it's more likely to be initiated by Tomlin than the Steelers, especially if somebody else is out there willing to give the Steelers something. It's not going to be the John Gruden, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and $8 million in cash, but it's going to be something that would make the Steelers say, okay, fine. We can still say we never fire a coach. We've never fired a coach since Chuck Knoll, even though Chuck Knoll was kind of pushed. We've never fired a coach. They all leave on their own, and we keep them forever, and now's the time for Mike Tomlin to choose to leave. But we never fired him. We got a first-round pick or a second-round pick or whatever round pick in exchange for him. I could see it play out that way. And between him and Belichick, if I'm trading for one or the other, I know who I want right now. I want Tomlin. I agree. Not Belichick right now. Right. I'm getting 20 years out of Tomlin. Exactly. You're definitely getting an extended period of time. That's for sure. You know, Belichick, who, of course, you know, still, you know, still does some good things. We know that. We see what their defense is. And he's a defensive coach, so we can't forget about that. But, yeah, the end of the road, you know, as far as the age, how much longer he's going to go, right, some of his beliefs in roster building, I think those are the things that would scare me about Belichick as compared to, to Mike Tomlin, like you're, like you're saying. All right, uh, another place where Tomlin possibly would draw some interest, the Atlanta Falcons, who might be looking for a coach when this is all said and done. Now, last week, someone from ESPN reported that Arthur Smith is safe barring a disaster. Disaster happened on Sunday in Charlotte when they blew a game they should have won and fell a game behind the Saints and the Buccaneers in the NFC South championship chase. Here's Arthur Blank, owner of the team, speaking to Georgia Public Broadcasting about the future of head coach Arthur Smith. We're committed to Coach Smith. Um, we're uh, going to play these last three games. We play them to win them. And uh, we'll let the season play out and go from there. Uh, obviously, this has not been the kind of year we expected. And I, you would hear that first, first from Coach Smith. You'd hear it from our fans, hear it from our players. So we understand that. We understand the challenges. So at the end of the year, we'll you know assess where we are and go from there. Um. Yeah, we're committed to Coach Smith for the next three weeks. <laughs> we're not. The, I guess the headline is they're not going to fire Arthur Smith before the end of the regular season. After the regular season concludes, who knows what's going to happen? And a lot of it depends upon who's available. See, the one thing that that doesn't get discussed nearly enough because we only have so much bandwidth and we're focused on this glorious landing of the plane that is the end of the season, where we find out who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. It, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. These, these owners don't wait until the morning after their season ends to begin making the decision on whether or not they're going to fire the coach, which is the companion to who am I going to get to replace him. They already have their wish lists. That's one of the reasons why the Rooney rule is outdated, because these owners decide who they want to hire sometimes months before they fire the coach they have. They've been thinking about it. They know what they need to do. They know what they think they need to do. And that's the one thing that we'll never know because they're not going to come out and tell us. But I think we've seen the evidence of it. The most glaring example was 
everybody knew that Dan Snyder was hiring Mike Shanahan some 12, 14, 15 years ago, whenever it was. I mean, there was no discretion involved there with keeping that secret under wraps. But Arthur Blank may have a damn good idea, Chris, of exactly what he's going to do, unless they make the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs. He may know exactly where he's going, what he's going to try to do. And calling the Steelers and inquiring about Mike Tomlin, you do a lot worse than Mike Tomlin to try to turn the Falcons around. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting because I, I don't think this is an easy decision. I don't. You know, I think there is a, a good amount of context here to the situation, right? You look at Atlanta, and, hey, the two previous years, I think we would say they played better than expectations and were in the mix longer than we expected, right? I think it's fair to say that. You know, the last two years, Marcus Mariota last year, the year before that with Matt Ryan. All right, so you know there, there was positives. They have the roster in a spot where you go, damn, you know, there's some good here. It's one of the better O lines in football. They got Drake London. They got Kyle Pitts. You know, they could they need another legit receiver, somebody that can scare you a little bit because Drake London is not that kind of guy. He's not. He's kind of like a a bigger a big. He's a Michael Thomas. He kind of want to work him the middle of the field underneath. It's not going to be go routes all the time. That's not what he is. But they got the running back. Their defense is top 10 in football. That's all there, right? The big problem is the quarterback. And how much blame does Arthur Smith get with that? Was he one that was pounding the table and was like, Desmond Ritter has to be our starter this year? All right, well, if that's part of it, then, you know, okay, yeah, there is, then he deserves some of that blame. But, you know, also into this situation and where we're at with it, I don't think he deserves a whole lot of blame for how it got here, Right? They flirted with Deshaun Watson. They, they forced the turnover of the quarterback room quicker than maybe the coaches were expecting with the flirtation of Deshaun Watson and then Matt Ryan going, hey, see you later. Here's the Jersey State bird. I'm out of here and give him the middle finger. Oh, right. I didn't do oh, it. I so, thought you were going to do it. Yeah, I Thank didn't. You. I didn't. I held it back for the Christmas season. But either way, you know, that I don't think deserves to be blamed on Arthur Smith. So. That's where I look at it to be a tough one because I do feel like they're on the cusp of being a very good team. The quarterback situation, obviously, making the second change this year or the third change this year is a real issue with this football team. I will say this. Yeah. It's not as if Matt Ryan was playing 2016 no. MVP no. level when he did go to the Colts last season. No. So it was time to move on from Matt Ryan, but you got to move in somebody who can who can play at a high level. Well, I think they did it in a way where like the coaches, everything was so unexpected that it it forced their hand and maybe made them get to a a judgment or a quarterback decision a little quicker than maybe they were going to. That was my big point. Yeah. They they could have had Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that's what we know. Right, right. You're right. I know. They they didn't need Taylor Heineke. They could have gone after Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield got a four, four and a half million dollar salary from the Buccaneers with incentives on the back end. Yeah. Mayfield is a candidate for comeback player of the year. Definitely. Mayfield is a fringe, very fringe, but a fringe MVP candidate for what he's doing. You go into Lambeau Field and you become only the second quarterback ever with a one fifty eight point three perfect passer rating. People need to take notice. He's the best thing the Bucks have going right now, and he provides that grit, that spark, that attitude, that moxie, the word Jason Garrett would use, yep. but it's absolutely accurate in this situation. That's what, that's what Baker Mayfield brings, and the Falcons could have had so, him. And I think that's part of it, too. And you wonder, you wonder, I, and I love Terry Fontenot, 
but you wonder how much of this That's what I mean. This glare. That's what I'm now saying. Now that Arthur Blank is right. watching, right. how much of it's Fontenot, how much of it's Smith? That's all I'm saying. If you get rid of one, right. do you get rid of both? Do you clear out completely and start over like the Chargers are doing? So, so what's I your feel? That, like, what do you think? Like, what do you? What's your gut, right? Because, like, really, again, you look at it and you go, "Man, there's a lot of pieces there. Do we want to blow this up, right, and get a new coach, or do we want to stay the course and then go all in on finding a quarterback this off season, right?" So, I mean, you know, I I always appreciate your your feel and your pasta and meatballs. Where where do you well, think this is going? Here, here's what I think. Yeah, Arthur Blank is 81. It's not quite Leon Hess territory, but Arthur Blank is 81. And if you're thinking about making changes. Looks good for 81. It can't just be the coach. If you're thinking about making changes, it's got to be reset button. And I include within that reset button the guy who has still gone on to have a successful career in the NFL despite the fact that he drafted you. Rich McKay. You got to clear them all out. You got to clear them all out. Sorry, Rich. We love you, Rich. But how about sorry to me? Problem too. Okay. Rich McKay falls into that, that very rare category that is prevalent with a lot of teams where if things go well, you're basking in the glow. And if things don't, Hey, I'm not in football operations. Don't fire me. But he's the guy who's whispering to Arthur blank. This is what you should do. And it's so funny. And this is, I love this. It's like Game of Thrones stuff. These owners have a degree of insecurity about making good decisions when it comes to football because they kind of know they don't really know. So they find somebody to tell them what they should do. And that person ends up not being as accountable as the GM and the head coach would be. Sometimes they should be. Sometimes the fever dream needs to break and Cal McNair needs to fire Jack Easterby. And look at what that's done for the Texans. So I'm not trying to get Rich McKay fired here in this Christmas season or any season. I'm just saying, if you're thinking about firing Arthur Smith, you, you may want to broaden the lens a little bit. If you're thinking about getting rid of one guy who you believe to be the problem, the problem is broader than the head coach. If you believe there's a problem that needs to be fixed, other than let's give this another year. They were 7-10 and 10, quietly in 21, 7-10 and 10, quietly in 22. But, you know, this year... Division's wide open. One of these teams is going to win it, except the Panthers. And it's going to be easy to say, that could have been us. And that may be the thing that gets 81-year-old Arthur Blank to say, I need to make change. My point is this. Don't, if, you're, if you're thinking about making change, you need to be thinking about more than the coach. I think that's fair to say. All right. I, I hear you. They're, 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 that's definitely logical and, and makes sense. I hear you. We'll see where it goes. This is going to be an interesting one. That's certainly one I'm going to have my eye on. Because I think, you know, again, and that – that's a job that I, I do think, you know, minus the quarterback situation, a lot of coaches who evaluate the teams and where a job could go and all that, they're going to look at the Falcons and go, damn, they got a lot. They got it all, actually. They just got to fix out this, you know, quarterback situation and a little piece in here and there. But a lot of the dirty work's been done already, uh, and that's where it's, it'll be tough on Arthur Blank. And it pains me to be that candid five days before Christmas. I really like Terry Fontenot. I've talked to him a couple of times. I really like him. I like what I've seen of Arthur Smith as a coach for the most part. I didn't like the whole B. John Robinson thing. And the he knows. He gets it. He understands. He, he, I, think, I think he's learned from that moment. And I like Rich McKay, even though we disagree on, you know, substantive issues about officiating and 
the NFL not being proactive and he's the head of the competition committee. But, but, you know, I've, I've argued for years. The people who are accountable with their jobs in any football organization, they need to be equally accountable. You can't allow a culture to exist where when everything goes sideways, there's any incentive for the GM to blame the coach, the coach to blame the GM. That is toxic. That is poisonous. That is bad for any football organization or any sports organization. It needs to be, Chris, that they are joined at the hip. If one goes, both go. If one stays, both stay. We either succeed together or we fail together. That is the way to build the right culture, a winning culture where everyone works together and you don't get into these late season, how am I going to save my job? How am I going to blame the other guy for why we suck right now and the other guy's doing the same thing? And you got two people who, instead of focusing on their jobs and trying to win, are focused on how am I going to blame all this on the other guy? Yeah, I hear you there. I hear you there. That's that's not a good formula. Certainly not a recipe for success. I'm, I'm with you. Happens a lot. Yeah. Dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. All right, let's take a break. We'll see the dysfunctional and the functional teams, all of them, in this week's Power Rankings, up next here on PFT Live. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. pass, going to roll out to his right, flings it to the end zone for James Cook for an 18-yard touchdown reception. The Cook is in the kitchen. Back to throw, looking deep down the left side while he wants one, he's got it. Touchdown Miami. There's a new cheetah in town. It is third down and 10 from the Browns 45. Fields back to pass, up to the pocket, he rolls left, time's run out, it's going down into the end zone, knock it down, the ball is intercepted, it's intercepted by the Browns, as DeAnthony Bell got it. Oh my God, the cardiac kids are back. <laughs> Browning, scrambling right, in trouble, throws it off his back foot toward the end zone, oh. T. Higgins oh. wins a jump ball for the oh. football, oh. it's a touchdown, oh. an incredible catch. 
by T. Higgins. Couldn't have had the North Korea moment there. Couldn't have had the loss of possession there and the ball go out of the. And I might have changed my viewpoint on the rule. <laughs> T. Higgins right. had lost possession. When it benefited your team, you'd have been like, that is a good I rule. I might have felt. <laughs> I might have felt differently about about that rule. Uh, by the way, for as much as nobody wants to see Stephen Ross trying to waddle, everywhere I look this week, I see that clip of Stephen Ross waddling, even though nobody wants to see it. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's so bad it's good. So I think it's like one of those. You know, it's like it's like, hey, look at the nerdy white guy who can't dance or move. Let's put it on again, even though we want to cringe. It's kind of fun to watch. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't the best waddle. He gets the hips too involved. You know, there's no hips involved in the waddle. I mean, it's a penguin. They don't have hips. They waddle, right? So that's where he's off. And you know, we, if he needs some help, uh, he knows where to find me. <laughs> hey, look, when you're in your 80s and you still have your original hips, if he does, you may as well use them. Okay, uh, power rankings time. Boom. Let's show them off. Let's pull the sheet on the Week 16 PFT Power Rankings presented by our friends at Toyota. What up, Toyota? Number one, what a shock. What a shock. Drum roll, please. Wait a minute. You don't even need a drum. You don't even need the sticks. You don't need anything. Of course, it's the well. Point. In the in the honor no of Clark W. Griswold, you should probably do the drum roll. Go ahead, do it. I didn't know. No, I'm not doing a drum roll. You, I think you've tried a drum roll, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. That's not a drum roll. All right, uh, 49ers, Ravens, one and two. They square off. Second time this year, we've had a one and two under the PFT Power Rankings game. It was 49ers, Eagles, not long ago. Now it's 49ers, Ravens on Monday night, and then. Then we get to everybody else. And the fact, Chris, that the Bills at 8-6 and six are number four. They're number nine in the AFC playoff rankings right yep, now. Yep. They're number four in the league-wide power rankings. And I defy you yeah. to make a persuasive case right. for anybody behind them being in front of them. I give they you credit. They just beat the Cowboys. Yeah. They just destroyed the Cowboys. The Eagles have lost two in a row. I know the Eagles beat the Bills, but that's been three or four weeks ago. The Bills are the fourth best team right now in the NFL, and you can't. And I've got some Bills fans. You know, it's like be happy with being in the top five. I got some arguing they should be ahead of the Dolphins because they beat them forty-eight twenty in Week Four. Yeah, no, I, I listen. I don't. You wouldn't have, like if you put them in front of the Dolphins. I wouldn't have gone. Oh, that's crazy. I wouldn't have. The Dolphins, as we know, haven't been playing like their best football here as of late. We haven't seen them beat a really quality team yet. So I, I don't think you would have been crazy there. But but I think all in all, I probably would have done what you've done. I like your top four. Mike, like big-time credit, too. Screw the, the playoff seedings or all that right now. What we see, what we're seeing on TV, what we're watching, we're, we're seeing it. You're seeing it the right way. Buffalo's definitely one of the five best teams in the sport as we stand here right now. Yeah, they messed up some situations and had some injuries, and Josh Allen didn't play his best for a little bit of a period of time there, right? But they got it going right now. I don't know how you, you could question it. Uh, it's odd. And I certainly hope this is not a year where, you know, every now and then we have a year where you go, man, this team's not going to get in the playoffs, and really they're good enough to go win the Super Bowl this year, 
right? The last time I can remember it is the year, you know, Antonio Brown didn't show up for the last game of the year against the Steelers. That Steelers team, I want to say that was, what, 18 maybe, 19? 2018. Yeah, yep. that team, they could have won the Super Bowl. They didn't make the playoffs. That's the last time I can really remember it. I hope that doesn't happen here with the Bills. That was the year they had that great game in New Orleans. Antonio Brown, ridiculous numbers. Juju Smith-Schuster has a key fumble late. Two days later, the Steelers foolishly announced their season team MVP. It's Juju. Antonio Brown blows a gasket, and that's that for Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. And I remember explaining at the time, because I had other people with other teams saying, why are they naming their team MVP while they still have games to play? Yeah. Why are you doing anything right. that's potentially going to piss off people in the locker room now? It makes no sense. I think they still do it. I don't know if they've changed it. All right. Uh, not a lot of change below that. Obviously, the Cowboys drop after getting blown out. The Eagles drop after losing their third in a row. Chiefs and Lions hold steady at 7-8. and eight. Browns still there at 9. Texans move up to, to 10 by winning without C.J. Stroud, which they may have to do again if they're going to keep trying to win these games down the stretch. Bengals up to 11 without Joe Burrow. Jaguars down to 12 after losing their third in a row. And it's just a, it's amazing to see some of these names on the top half yeah. that we never would have expected to be in the top half this year. The Colts, the Rams, the Browns, the Texans. I wasn't sure about the Browns. The Browns were the great wild card coming into the season. And even the Buccaneers being on the first page now after winning at Lambeau Field. So it's it's been a fun year. But for the fact that the 49ers are clearly the best team, beyond number one, it really is a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it, I mean they're they're in a class. You almost should like have your own page for the 49ers and be, be that the the first page of the Toyota uh, PFT power rankings, and then go the rest of them and go like they're they deserve their own page. They're in such a tier by themselves, especially if they beat the Ravens this week. Right, but I think it's shocking. Like we've talked about, it it feels old school in the NFC as far as one team being that much better than everybody else. Right, I'll, I'll bring up two points. I mean, we talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys. They got you know two alarming losses this week. Yeah, it's alarming. I mean, what? Like Super Bowl teams don't lose thirty-one to ten in December. That doesn't happen. Their Super Bowl teams aren't down thirty-one to three in the fourth quarter. That never happens. And as you heard me say on Sunday Night Football, I mean, in fact, no Super Bowl teams ever lost by more than nine points in the month of December over the last 10 years, right? Super Bowl teams don't lose three games in a row in the month of December, right? That's the Philadelphia Eagles. So, like, the, the NFC is crazy right now, you know? The team that I think you are wrong about on your power rankings and the team that I think everybody were – there's the question right there right now, like in the NFC – Right, who's the best seven on seven football team or the most dangerous? It is without question the Los Angeles Rams. That would be the only one I look at in your rankings and go, eh, I think you're being a little mean to them. I think you should bump them up a little bit. I mean, they're I mean, the running back is the real deal Holyfield. The run game, Sean McVay, I've never seen him be this patient with the run and just smash it down people's face the way he is. I mean, they ran the ball 11 plays in a row against the Baltimore Ravens. Like, what? I mean, that with Stafford, right? Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, the, the Higby, the tight end. Like, the Rams are the type of team where they get in at seven, and if the Eagles are two or the Cowboys are two, they could pull off the, the seven beats two football, uh, playoff upset right now. They can, with the, especially the way the Cowboys and Eagles are playing. There's no doubt. that That's the one I feel like you disrespected a little, in my opinion. 
Hasn't happened yet that seven's beaten two, but I agree with you. The Rams, just like the Bills, two teams that the rest of the playoff teams won't want. Right. One last point before we break. We haven't shown the second page. Can we just show the second page of the power rankings before we break? I'm not not complete until we show the complete power rankings. (laughs) You complete me. There is a new number 32. My, My rule is this. At least half of your players have to try. To not be number 32 in the NFL. <laughs> and the Chargers, yeah. even yeah. though they've got five wins, after that shit show that oh, we saw on Thursday right. night, That's right. they are number 32. They're the worst team in football right now. I'd take them to lose against anybody. You're right. So they're good for you. Screw the records. Look about what we're seeing recently, the last four or five weeks, all of that. You're exactly right. They're a disaster. I'd pick the Panthers to beat the Chargers in a head-to-head matchup right now. And what's amazing is... I've followed the NFL closely for 50 years. I've been in this business for 23 years now. I had never heard of the interim coach of the Chargers. I have no idea who it is. He could walk up to me right now and punch me in the face, and I wouldn't know who it is, and he probably would punch me in the face right now if he walked up to me for me saying that. But that's how lost this team feels right now. So, sorry, Chargers fans, um, but... That's where you are, and there probably aren't many that would disagree with it. Let's take a break. Aaron Rodgers makes a strong statement about his future, immediate, next year, and beyond. We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. Rodgers has to come out tomorrow on McAfee's show and say, I will play next year. Not, I'll let you know in March. So we can have some big reveal with 500,000 people tuning into McAfee show on a Tuesday to find out. No, say it now. You don't need to go sit in a dark closet. You don't need to sip ayahuasca. You don't need to eat magic mushrooms. You don't need to have some epiphany, some vision quest. You're playing next year. Say it. Will next season be the last dance for A-Rod oh. in New York? I don't, I don't think so. You know, I, I felt like when I came here that I got... Uh, kind of a renewed passion and love for the game and everything has been uh, amazing here just the people I've gotten to work with the relationships I've gotten to form with my teammates and the amazing men and women that work here at One Just Drive has has been really special Um, I wanted you know at least two years I feel like this year is kind of a lost year now that I only played a couple snaps and wasn't able to go out there and and, uh, improve what I'm capable of and, and see uh, what we're capable of as a team. Um, I don't think that next year will be my last year. He never really comes out and says he's coming back next year, but it's implied within the conversation about playing beyond two years. 2024. So the big takeaway is he's coming back next year. The subtext is maybe he'll be there two more years. And that's encouraging for Jets fans, although I think after what happened this year, they're probably going to be on guard for whatever shoe is going to drop on their heads next year with all this. Like, if you're a Jets fan, you have to just assume something is going to happen to keep you from ever being happy. Something is going to happen to keep the team from ever being what it can be. And the next question is, what does Woody Johnson do in the aftermath of this season to possibly overreact to what happened in 2023 and screw up 2024. That's kind of the next step in all this Jets dysfunction. Does Woody overreact to a horrible 2023 that started with Rodgers getting injured and screw up what happens in 2024? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. I don't know either. I mean, nobody should be shocked that he's coming back next year, right? I mean, how much money did the Jets owe him next year? $70 million? You know, I, I you know, Aaron Rodgers, I know he's got a lot of money, but it ain't that much to where he's going to walk away from that kind of money. 
Uh, so that's not shocking. You know, to say the second year after that, yeah, that's a pretty big, bold statement, right? And for a guy that, you know, one, I don't doubt that he watched what you said on Monday, and that's why he said what he said yesterday. Because one thing that I, has been made clear to me about Aaron Rodgers over the last few years is even though he says he doesn't pay attention, he pays attention to all of this stuff more than anybody, I think, in the sport. I don't even think it's even close. He seems to know everything about everybody. So he's paying attention. Now, you know, w w what was the reasoning behind saying all of that? I think that's the thing that I, I certainly want to know or question, right? There's two ways I think you could look at it. Like, is he saying, I'm going to stay here for two years to be like, hey, we're going to build something and I want Robert Sala and everybody to be here to build this? Or is he saying, hey, I'm going to be here for two years and, hey, maybe if you let go of Robert Sala, that next coach, hey, I'm going to be here for two years. Your quarterback situation's figured out. You know, I think there's things like that that I certainly wonder, you know, being around the NFL, knowing Rodgers, knowing the way he works and how calculated he is, certainly made me wonder all of those things. I think Aaron Rodgers is always up to something. And I don't mean that in a negative way. He's strategic. He has a plan. Miles and I yesterday, when we were just kind of spitballing on the situation with the Steelers and Mike Tomlin's future, and I looked at the standings and I tried to just glean which teams could be potential fits for Mike Tomlin, as we were having that conversation, I remembered the moment in a Steelers-Packers game where there was an exchange of mutual glances, admiration shared between Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin. Well done, control room. Got the finger on the trigger today after I asked for it yesterday, but still, well done. Wouldn't Mike Tomlin, because I've been saying all year, and look, I, I'm not, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves. I'm trying to stay ahead of where the ball is. I'm not saying Robert Sala shouldn't have a job. All I'm saying is, given how this year has gone, is it crazy to wonder whether or not Aaron Rodgers is cooking up a plot, a scheme, a move to try to get Mike Tomlin to the Jets. Because we know what Rodgers said before the season. He loves the idea that the head coach is a defensive guy. He's never had a defensive guy as head coach. So Rodgers and his buddy Nathaniel Hacking take care of the offense. Defensive head coach can handle the defense and the big picture stuff. And let's go win a championship. Well... Well, maybe Rodgers has seen enough about how Robert Saul has handled the team in Rodgers' absence. Not that any of this is Saul's fault. He's only in his third year. He's learning. You got Mike Tomlin potentially available. When you look at that video, when you consider the regard that Rodgers undoubtedly has for Tomlin, and we know how Rodgers is, would it be shocking to think that Rodgers is trying to find, just like kids across the globe are trying to find a way to get Santa, to give them what they want on Christmas morning, is Rodgers trying to come up with a way to get Woody Johnson to maybe give him Mike Tomlin? I don't think it's crazy to entertain the possibility of Rodgers entertaining that possibility. Well, I, I don't think so there yet either. I don't know if that's on the radar yet. I You know, that, that may be a little premature, right? I mean... You know, again, Aaron Rodgers made a lot of coaches look googly eyes at him for sure. I, I, I could say that. But, I mean, as we were talking about in prior segments, hey, Mike Tomlin and all that and where that's going certainly I think is, you know, deserves to be questioned and where the future of that is. He would fit the mold of a guy that, 
you know, again, can fix the organization and all of that, right? And, and we talked about how he would fit with Washington. Well, he could certainly do some of the same things with the Jets. Uh, there, there's, there, this is another one that's just interesting because, you know, to, hey, Robert Sala, there's a lot to like. You're, I mean, there's no doubt about that. You're right. And, of course, this situation with Rodgers was really hard for their team to overcome. And some of the issues that that presented, they weren't all Robert Sala's fault. That's for sure. But I think, you know, again, the way the play, the way the team is played down the stretch, there's some game management stuff, you know, players speaking out, all right, players, I mean, people leaking things to the media, right, the quarterback situation, all those, I think, you know, are why uh, I, I think we heard some NFL insiders this weekend come out and say that Salah's seat is a little hotter than people realize, you know, and because of that, and I think it's fair to entertain both sides of the story, I just think my heart of hearts thinks that's Rodgers is saying what he's saying because he want, Rodgers wants to be king of the castle. He wants to be king of the castle. And that's where I would think those comments are more about I want to keep Salah and Nathaniel Hackett there because I'm the king when they're there. If somebody else comes in, Mike Tomlin, well, shit, he might want to be king. And now I just got to be, you know, the second guy in charge. And I don't know if Rodgers wants to do that. I think this is set up just the way Rodgers likes it, and I'm thinking that's why he said what he said. Well, but when you talk about playing a second year beyond I know, 2024, I know. Yeah. that becomes a magnet. And look, I've been saying for weeks, why would you change anything? You just do next year what you're going to do this year if Aaron Rodgers doesn't blow out his Achilles tendon the fourth snap of the season. And maybe we do everything we can to improve the offensive line next year, but don't sign his buddy David Bakhtiari. Get somebody who's, you know, all due respect. Reliable at this point. Yeah, just reliable. Right, Stay right. healthy. Right. And the other point was this. If you fire Robert Sala, who's going to come in and coach that team? There's no buddy out there of Aaron Rodgers hanging around that he's going to say, this is the guy that I want to be the head coach, and he's surely not going to say Nathaniel Hackett should be the head coach. That's not going to happen. So we go from friends and family plan for Rodgers, and we expand it to guys he admires, guys he looks up to, guys he would be smitten by as his head coach. And maybe he's willing to surrender the throne partially if Mike Tomlin is the head coach because it gets him to where he wants to be. And he can still, if Bush comes to shove, he can hold it over Tomlin. I got you this job. Why do you think you're here making $15 million a year or whatever Woody Johnson would pay Mike Tomlin? Why do you think you're here? Aaron Rodgers is the most powerful person in the entire Jets organization. Yeah, well, that's Johnson. where they got to figure it giving out. Back, right. Giving back $33.5 million to Woody Johnson went a long way toward giving Aaron Rodgers power. And I'm telling you, if Aaron Rodgers wants Mike Tomlin, number one, he won't be bashful about telling Woody Johnson. And number two, Woody Johnson will think about how do I get Mike Tomlin here? And and I'm whether it's and that's the thing, if it's not Tomlin, who is it? Who 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 Belichick? Nah, I don't think it's Belichick. But I feel like I feel like Aaron Rodgers is up to something, Chris, because I've followed Aaron Rodgers closely enough over the years to know. He's always up to something, yeah. and I don't mean yeah. that as an insult. Right. It's better to be up to something than to just float through life, letting the wind take you wherever it does. Well, they just got to be careful. That's all I, I will say. That, that's for sure. They can't, you know, 
bend the whole organization and put it in a pretzel all over Aaron Rodgers. Okay. You know, I think the world of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I know they have, but they got to make sure they don't, you know, maybe tie seven more knots along the way here that hamstrings their future. That, that's what I would worry about. You know, again, it's a 40-plus-year-old quarterback. You know, can they still win with Aaron Rodgers? Of course, but there's a formula. Aaron Rodgers is no longer in I-carry-the-team mode type quarterback. He's not in the same stratosphere as Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. They're in a whole other world than he is. So that's where they got to be careful about, you know, trying to appease him so much. This is not Aaron Rodgers' prime where you certainly would do that. This is Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to hold the ball in the pocket. I'm going to get the ball to my hand and leave big plays on the field. And that's something that I think they got to, you know, certainly think about. Well, just more intrigue for the offseason to come. When we return, the best catches from Week 15. More PFT Live right after. Oh, what a catch. C.J. Stroud reportedly unlikely to play on Sunday, two weeks after suffering a concussion against the Jets. He has light sensitivity, one of the classic symptoms of concussions, unless, of course, you're a doctor evaluating T.J. Watt. So Stroud uh, likely to miss the game. It's unclear whether it'll be Case Keenum or Davis Mills. Texans moving toward a playoff berth. And, you know, Chris, one of the concerns about Stroud, one of my writers saw this last night. I think it was Shereen Williams. Yeah. Against the Broncos a week earlier, he gets hit, and he's kind of Tua, yep. wobbly, ataxia. Yep. Used to be gross motor instability. Now, ataxia is the word they use. That's fancy for loss of coordination. I mean, he's he was out right there. Wobbly. Watch this. Look at him. Look well, at him. look he's at how he's pulling him up. What yeah. the hell are you doing, guys? Right. What are you doing? And see, that's he's trying to thing. tell him that's his shoulder hurts, now. too. You know that? Yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah, look at him. Look well, at rewind him. it. Look, rewind it a little if we can, guys. Just look at how his body was limp when they wanted to pick him up. He took a big hit in the head from Josie Jewell. 47, the linebacker went in and speared him and hit him good in the head, and it cranked his neck a little bit to where I bet it did make him wobbly, Mike. Well, and the new play is lay there on your back until you regather your wits, which is what they should have let him do if they're going to try to pull off this route. Watch this. Look at this. Look at this. Look he at this. wasn't look fine. At this. His, his head's limp. I mean, this is... This is weekend at Bernie's stuff going on here at first, and then he's finally back into it, and he's wobbly, and they're trying to hold him upright, and the, the umpire there, whoever that is, is the umpire right in his face. Okay, you go get checked. Now it's up to somebody else to check this guy out. He missed two plays, Chris, two plays. Yeah. And then the next week he gets another concussion. So uh, I don't think we're going to see him again this year. And, you know, we talked about it Monday, Trevor Lawrence whacking his head off the turf, qu- third quarter. No big deal. The, 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 the system, I know they're going to get mad at me, even in this holiday season. The system is broken for protecting players from head injuries. They say all the right things. They don't do all the right things. They don't protect the players from the head injuries. They don't protect the players from themselves. And uh, something's got to change. Or somebody's going to get seriously injured in one of these games. And, of course, they're going to say, oh, oh, we had no idea. Look at all these great measures we have in place. Look at all these protocols. Look at all this stuff. They, they don't want to take players. If they're going to be wrong, they want to be wrong letting a player with a concussion keep playing than be wrong about having a bunch of players who don't have concussions not available to play. Yeah. They're making that yeah. choice. 
we'd rather be wrong with a guy who has a concussion still out there than than be too chicken little-ish about taking guys out of the game when they end up being perfectly fine. Yeah, I, it's, it's uh, you know, again, I, I'm one that is old school. And there's a part of me that wants to say, yeah, well, you should let the players have a little leeway, right? I know that's then not really right. Act like, they shouldn't act like they have a great system in place. I know. I They're know. trying to have it both ways. You're exactly They're right. They're trying to act that's like they have a great system that protects the players, You're exactly but then they don't apply. Right. If you're going to talk about player safety and really do it, exactly right. That's, that's where I was going. I'm one that wants it to be that way. I am old school. Okay, but I, you know, I love the players and want to protect them. And yeah, there's some things here that certainly are wrong with the NFL. I mean, there's at least five, six, seven plays during the year where we go, wait, we're watching the game. We see how hard the guy's head hit and nobody that was there that's a professional that's supposed to be in charge of it is going to do anything about it, whether it's that play there, the Trevor Lawrence play, the Devontae Parker against the, I think that was the Colts, right? There's just been a number of them where, you know, for the NFL to claim what they are, yeah, it's a little inexcusable in that area. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Hey, there's Tommy DeVito. He, he mended fences with Coniglio's Old Fashioned in Morristown, New Jersey. He has a new marketing agent. Apparently that was in the works before this kerfuffle. And this was all Sean Stilato agreed to do it for $10,000. Tommy DeVito shows up for a couple of hours and signs autographs and then tried to jack up the price to $20,000. It was a bad look for everybody. DeVito got involved and he went through with it. I have a feeling he got the original $10,000 to do it. Uh, which, you know, good for him. And we'll see if the new marketing agent can really parlay this success. Second string, third string quarterback. I don't know how many marketing dollars you make, but I know how many football dollars you make, Chris. Not many. Make the marketing dollars you can because he's making minimum salary and he that's will right, be right. until he becomes, you know, a clear backup or starter. Yeah, that's right. Hey, $10,000, that's a lot of money. I don't care how much you're making. You got to take that where you can get it, right? It was not a good look for Tommy DeVito and, and representation there, right? But good thing he did right. He did right the Jersey way, right? So that's good to see that, that he made the right decision there. And yeah, one thing I'd say is, you know, don't hang out with your agent pregame anymore, Tommy DeVito. He's using you for FaceTime. Just focus on football. You don't need to hang out with your agent 20 minutes before the football game. That is it for today. We'll hang out tomorrow morning for Thursday's PFT Live. Have a great Wednesday. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 